the Telling It Like It Is program. And I'm Apostle uh, Baker J. Baker, who happens to be a doctor in psychology. And I am so blessed. You look at my hat today. See, it says blessed on there because I have Apostle Michael Fram with me today. I don't know him long, but I know him well. And uh, that makes a difference. You know, sometimes you know people long, but you never know them well. And uh, we clicked. And uh, today we're going to have an exciting time. We, through uh, Apostle Michael's lips, that's the royal we, you know, uh, are going to uh, release some things on um, some of his hot subjects. Um, at any rate, I'm not going to keep talking because I'm wasting time. Bring on Apostle uh, Michael Fram, and I want to welcome him. There we go. There we go. <laughs> welcome all the way from New Jersey, okay? <laughs> yes, ma'am. New Jersey and California, we got the coast covered. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So today, uh, I want you to know he's going to be with me the whole month and probably longer. He's going to be with me July and August. I just want you to know that. And so um, he knows it too now. So at any rate, you know, they yeah, call I've been I've been told. Yeah, he's been told. He's going to be with me July and August. So this is going to be an exciting two months and invite your friends and all of that. I know there's some people from Israel and different people uh, all around that that watch this program. And so welcome, welcome. So Apostle Michael, I want you to go ahead and explain what it is that you're doing. And all of this is a part of fathering, but we're talking about discipleship. So uh, go ahead and uh, uh, talk to us. You can introduce yourself. You can do whatever it is that you want to do. We have 27 minutes, 27 plus some seconds or whatever it is on each program. And so uh, just go for it. And I love. Well, I am a. Uh, I'm a second generation preacher and teacher. I am in my 43rd year of ministry, and uh, I'm a rare bird in that I'm one of the few that my natural mother and father are also my spiritual mother and father. Which not there's not a lot of members of that club. I hear it's a, a pretty rare club that I happen to be a part of and belong in. And I do serve on the Senior Council of Love and Unity with Dr. Baker. And I've only known her about a year. I actually met her as she was a guest on a live broadcast with my dear brother, Dr. Don Hughes. And I was watching and I was like, who is this lady? Man, I like her. No, I love her. Next thing I know, Don's sending me a text. And he says, hey, Bubba, what are you doing? I said, I'm watching you. He says, why don't I send you the link and pop in and be a surprise guest? And that was the night that we met, and that was about a year ago. And I just fell in love with her that night. And the more I get to know her, the more I love her. And so uh, I've had her on my broadcast now twice with her daughter, with Pastor Lonzine. And then just this past week, I had her for the whole night, and that broadcast is blowing up all over YouTube and all over Facebook as we talked about wisdom for finances. So now I get to return the favor and be with my dear sister, who privately I refer to her as sweetheart and honey, but publicly I refer to her as Dr. Baker. 
because I give honor where honor is due, and I am privileged to be with you today. I know that you and I have discussed the fact that there are people that even have a titles, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, that have never really been discipled and really don't even understand it. So since we have this whole month and next month, I want you to, I, I just want you to go ahead and release what it is that you need, that you are releasing and do it your way. Really telling it like it is. Hold me back. Really telling it like it is. Okay. Because the Whoa, people- Oh, you don't know what you're asking for. Yes, I do. If people can't, people can handle it on this program. You know, here, here's the deal. I, I've been doing this a long time and I've been born again since I was five. And I grew up in a pastor's home and you would think that nothing really would surprise me by this point in, in ministry, but I am still amazed constantly by some of the things that I hear out of Sons of God. And you could teach on something and you'll get this comment. I've been saved for 10 years or I've been saved for five years or I've even heard I've been saved for 20 years and I've never heard that before. That just baffles me. It, it makes it boggles my How could you be born again in the kingdom? Be a tongue talker, a Bible toter, a church goer and not know the basics. And it seems like we've got people that are more concerned about getting new revelations when they don't even have a foundation of the basic principles of the word of God. We're like, we're like spoiled children that want nothing but cake and ice cream and candy, but we don't want the meat and veggies. And the very things that cause us to be stable Christians are the very things that we ignore and avoid. And I, I dare say that if we were to ask 10 Christians at random and say, what are the three baptisms to the body of Christ? And I would venture to say at least half couldn't tell you what all three were. Now, that's sad that you could be born again and in the church and not know the three baptisms. You know, when Paul, all right, let me correct myself, when the writer to the Hebrews, and the reason I say that is because people attribute the book of Hebrews to Paul. Personally, I don't believe it was Paul. Because in every one of Paul's letters, he addresses the letter and says, it's from me. So why would somebody write to the Hebrews and then not say who the letter was from? It totally breaks the pattern of the way that Paul wrote. Secondly, the verbiage and language that's used in the book of Hebrews is at a different level. And it's written in a different way than the way that Paul spoke. So therefore, I don't think it was, if you want to believe it's Paul, you are welcome to. But I will say the writer to the book of Hebrews. But the writer to the book of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 6, let me read. This is New King Jimmy, New King James Version. Therefore, leaving the discussion 
of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection or to maturity. That word perfection doesn't mean sinless. It means mature. It means fully developed. It means fully grown. What it's really talking about in, in Greek terminology is moving to a place of being weos, which is a mature son. So let us go on to being weos. Let us go on to a place of maturity. Let's get off pablum and get to the place that we can handle strong meat. But we've got people that can't even handle the milk of the word because they've never received it. They've never had the foundations. And so he says, leaving this discussion of the, notice he said, elementary principles, not secondary, not advanced principles, but elementary. Let us move on to a place of maturity, not laying again the foundation. Sadly, the foundation hasn't been laid for too many believers. And then he lists, he said, the foundation of repentance from dead works. He says, of faith toward God. He says, the doctrine of baptisms. He says, the doctrine of laying on of hands. He says, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this we will, if God permits. And sometimes I think it's not a matter of God permitting. It's a matter of us permitting. Because the problem is we've got teachers and we've got preachers that don't say anything. I happen to be one that gets really, really irritated when I hear preachers that can shout. And I'm not against the shout. I can shout with the best of them. I can shout myself hoarse when I lose my voice. But by all means, please say something. I am tired of tell your neighbor this and tell your neighbor that. I am tired of help me somebody. If you need help, sit down. I will tag in and I will take over. If you need help that bad, just sit down and shut up and let somebody that's got something to say get in there. And then they're, tell me amen. Say amen, somebody. Well, darling, if you would say something to say amen about, you won't have to coax an amen out of people. They will actually say amen all on their own. And so he's saying we will do this if God permits. I think maybe we need to permit. We need to allow people to have these basic foundation principles. And so I find myself that here we are where we are dealing with churched people that are ignorant. You know, when Paul did write to the church at Corinth, he said, concerning spirituals, I would not have you ignorant. And yet we've got so many that are ignorant today because they've not been Bible taught. They don't know foundational things. If you ask, Again, 10 Christians, why do we lay hands on the sick? They don't know. If you ask them, why do we even lay hands on people, plural? They don't know. 
well, you know, when we go to church, we see them laying hands on people. Well, why do they lay hands on people? I don't know. It's what they do. Well, why do they do that? I, I don't know. That's just what they do. Well, there's reasons. There's Bible reasons why we lay hands on people. It's not just so that folks can get healed. That's one reason. But what about blessing? What about fathers speaking into children and blessing them? What about conferring ministry? What about conferring graces and callings in people's lives? What about separating people unto God assigned? All these things are reasons that we see in the word of God where we lay hands on people. And, and dear Lord God, he goes on and he's talking about eternal judgment. you got folks today that don't even believe there's eternal judgment. Well, everybody's going to heaven because, you know, the Bible says that Christ was reconciling the world to himself. So therefore, everybody's going to heaven because he was reconciling. Uh, excuse me. I thought the Bible said that whosoever will may come. Yes, he's reconciling you, and he's allowing and making the way for you to be reconciled. But you still got to come. And if you don't come, you're going to split hell wide open. Oh, we don't want to preach that. But he said, he said right there that there is an elementary doctrine, an elementary principle of eternal judgment. I remember Dad Hagen used to always say, there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And he would say it over and over again. There's a heaven to gain. There is a real heaven to gain. And there is a real hell to shun. But most folks today, they all want to go to heaven. In fact, they don't even want to do anything while they're here. They're just sitting there with their rapture ticket. Waiting to go to heaven when the Bible says, occupy until I come. Now, that is not just a, a rocking chair thing where I just sit back in the sweet by and by and wait for the horn to blow and the shout of the archangel. Do I believe in the horn blowing? Absolutely. It's in the book. Do I believe in the shout of the archangel? Absolutely. It's in the book. But that doesn't mean I just sit back and rest on my laurels and wait for it to happen. We've got to occupy. And we're so concerned about getting to heaven, we've abdicated our responsibility in the here and now. Why is it that Jesus said right before he was ascended, he said, go and make disciples of every ethnos. Every ethnos, and Dr. Baker agrees with me, and I agree with her, that it doesn't say every race, but it says every ethnos. It is every ethnicity that is known to man. We find in another place in the New Testament, it says tribe and kindred and tongue. That's what God is after. And in Mark 16, it's going to all of the world, to everybody, to every creature. Doesn't matter who you are. And we get hung up on the color of our skin. We get hung up on gender. We get hung up on generation. We get hung up on doctrinal stream and camp. And, and it's just all lunacy, the stuff that we deal with amongst church folk. 
And I am just tired of church folk that are overbalanced. They think everybody's going to heaven and they don't realize that you still, you know, when, when the master said, the master said that narrow is the road that leads to righteousness and few there be that find it. How dare we preach a watered-down, namby-pamby, Casper milk toast gospel that everybody's going to heaven because Christ was reconciling the world to himself. Talk about taking scripture out of context. But see, if you don't learn to compare scripture with scripture, you're going to make ignorant statements, and that's how false doctrine spreads. You know, Paul said, rightly dividing the word of truth. Well, if you can rightly divide it, then, honey, you can sure wrongly divide it. And we've got a lot of people that are wrongly dividing the word of God. And so if we are told to go and make disciples of every ethnos, that word disciple means disciplined instruction. It is disciplined and systematic, organized instruction. And that means we have to lay foundations. We've got to teach the basics. I remember my mama said one day, you know, I feel like we just got to go back to the basics. Because everybody wants them to be an apostle and everybody wants to be a prophet and they still don't know the basics. Well, honey, you can't be an apostle or a prophet and not know the basics. You have better have a foundation. You know, the psalmist said, if the foundation be destroyed, what hope is there for the people of God? And when you don't have the foundational doctrines of the church, the writer to the Hebrews laid them out very plainly. But how many church folk don't understand them? How many church folk don't know them? And so I have this great passion right now for systematic, disciplined teaching and preaching of the word of God. And most of the time I start out teaching and end up getting excited, kind of like I am right now. And I lose my composure. And then I start preaching, and they've now told me that what I do is I preach. That's half teaching and half preaching at the same time. And that's what I end up, but I am so concerned to see folks in the church that have not been discipled, that don't know the foundations. Jesus told the parable about a wise man and a foolish man, and the wise man built this house upon a rock. There was a solid foundation under his house. And a foolish man built his house on the sand. And then the storms of life came and the wind blew and all of everything came against him. The wise man who built on the rock, his house stood and it stood strong. The foolish man who built this house on the sand because he had 
no foundation under his house. And the Bible said, and great was the fall of that house. So what happened is you ended up with two different foundations which determined whether or not the house stood or fell. If we don't have a solid foundation of the word of God underneath us, when the storms of life come, we are going to crumble and fall. And what we've seen is a whole generation of Christians, church folk, that don't have a foundation. And the storms of life come against them. And they come to everybody. You know, the master said, in this world, you are going to have trouble. You're going to have tribulation. If the master said, you're going to have it, honey, guess what? You are going to have it. You can't confess it away. You can't believe it away. Well, I'm just going to practice my confessions and I'm going to speak that I'm not, you're an ignoramus and a fool because if the master said you will have it, you are going to have it. But he also said, but do not fear because I have overcome the world. And if I've overcome it, you can overcome it. But the only way you're going to overcome it is if you built your house on a solid foundation of the teaching and preaching of correct Bible doctrine. But when you don't know, and we see people every day that they're like an old song, I fall to pieces. Because they fall to pieces every day. One little windstorm, one little blowing of the wind, one little rainstorm, and they're done. And they're, they're tapping out like a wrestler under a hold. They're tapping out. They're ready to throw in the towel, and they're ready to quit. My dear brother and sister, we need to disciple the body of Christ. We've got to lay foundations. And the only way that I know to bring people to a place of maturity I use this as a primary text for my broadcast on the Love and Unity Broadcast Network, which is every Wednesday at 5.30 Eastern, 2.30 Pacific. And the program is called Maturing the Sons of God. It's not targeted to getting the lost saved. It's targeted to taking the sons of God and maturing them. And the only thing that I know that matures the sons of God is correct teaching and preaching of the word of God, line upon line and precept upon precept. When, when we look at Ephesians 4, the famous passage where we get the fivefold ministry of the ascension gifts, and you get down to verse 14, it says, so that you be no longer children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. And how many do we see that the latest doctrine comes out? And it's not necessarily a doctrine of the Bible or a doctrine of God or a doctrine of Christ. It is a doctrine of man that's error. But it sounds good. 
and there's enough truth mixed in with the error that the undiscerning cannot tell the difference. And having itching ears, they amass teachers that tell them what they want to hear. And they do not know truth from error. No, he said that you'd be no longer children. And in the Amplified, it puts brackets next to it and it says spiritually immature. That you'd be no longer spiritually immature. And so our job as fivefold ministry gifts is to bring the sons of God to a place of maturity, which means our job is to teach and preach the word of God in balance. You know, in the book of Acts, they devoted themselves to prayer, to the breaking of bread. They ate meals together. They had intimate fellowship. They were a family. And they gave heed to the apostles' doctrine. What the apostles taught. Are we teaching what the apostles taught? See, if we want to have mature people, if we want to disciple people, we better teach what the apostles taught. But I think more times than not, we're not teaching what the apostles taught. And then we wonder why we have people that are saved for so long and don't know anything. I've got a passion. I am consumed with seeing people grow up into the head, which is Christ. I'm consumed with them developing to a place of maturity. And Doc, I've, I've gone crazy here. I just, it's your program, and I just went wild for about 20 something minutes. So I'm going to shut up. What do you want to say or what do you want to ask me? I had muted myself. Oh, no, 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 no. You were supposed to go on. Uh, you were supposed to continue on. Everything that you said is, is so true. We have people that fake it, though. We have people that know. We have taught people, I think, instead of teaching what it is that you were just bringing forth, that you're going to really open up in, in next week's program. But one of the things that we have done is teach people how to fake it. And people, you know, they even said that before, fake it until you make it. And that's one of the things that um, that you don't find anything like that in the word of God. You don't find faking it. You find going through it. You find uh, uh, enduring hardship as a, as a soldier. You find these things in the word of God. So uh, I, go ahead and speak to it. And we have about 30, 40 more seconds. So you say whatever you need to say in this morning. Well, you, you know. The psalmist, everybody quotes this, it's famous, Psalm 23. But it's, <laughs> yea, though I walk through the shadow of the valley. of Not yea, I skip over. No. Not yea, I go around. Not yea, I go under. But I go through. And there is a going through. And what enables you to go through is when you have the foundation and your life is built on the rock of revelation of God's word. We're going I want to get into what Jesus meant when he said to Peter, on this rock I will build my church. I want to get into that in our next broadcast.
And that's where we're going to start. Uh, again, this is really telling it like it is. I have invited Apostle Michael on because we're going to really tell it like it is, whether you like it or not. We don't. It, it's not really, don't nobody care. So anyway, it's been my honor to have my guest and he will be with me again next week. And we will be here really telling it like it is. This is Dr. Apostle Baker and Apostle Michael saying goodbye for right now.